Peace to the God. Can you hear me? You there? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Now I can hear you. Okay. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. What's going on? Not much, bro. Um, I um just finished watching this uh movie. Um, I am I am Legend. Hmm. Have you watched that? I think I did, but I don't remember. <laughs> and you know what? I had that same feeling. <laughs> and so I, I, and so what I did was I, I said, well, let me just go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. And when I went back to watch it, I remember that I, I remember that I had watched it, but I hadn't watched it. Meaning that I watched it, but I didn't watch it in detail, and I didn't remember the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. But here's a, here's a tricky part about it. Mm-hmm. If you want to. Well, let me not say this because this would definitely uh, uh, feed into the conspiracy theory. But <laughs> I will say this: um, it will make you second guess the coronavirus. Wow! I have always been skeptical of it because I have never heard of anything that could make you sick. I have an age limit. Bruh, I'm just saying. Hmm. All I can say is you just got to watch it again. Right? And I, I, I mean, because as I was watching it, I was like, man, I, I swear. Like, <laughs> people do things with movies to forewarn you right. of things that are going to come. Hmm. Right? And, and it, it seemed like completely absurd Mm-hmm. Right, it's almost like even even in watching that that movie that was real popular, I forget the white girl's name, the bird movie. Mm-hmm. Do you remember? Did, did you see that? Did you watch that bird movie Mm-mm. with the white with the white girl? Oh, real popular white girl. Uh, you should probably Google it. Um, uh, uh, bird, just Google bird movie. Bird. Uh, what is it called? Bird walk? Bird walk. Oh, bird walk. Is it bird war? Bird bird walk or bird war? Bird walk? Is, is, what's the white girl name? Is it not Sandra Bland? She's a popular white girl. Though. Um, With the black hair. Not the chick from Alien. No, man. I think this chick, um, she has dark hair, white girl. Um, are you, are, are you are you googling bird movie right now? Yep. Tell me what you're coming up with. I'm about to pull my computer. Bird, 1988. No man, this is a modern movie. This is like 2020. Hmm. Uh. With Forrest Whitaker in it. No man, it's a white girl. Uh, there's a plague that takes place. If you if you go outside, you get blinded. So mm-hmm. you have to so you have to blind you have to cover your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and th- I'm just saying that because it's similar to this movie, um, 
that I just watched, uh, I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a there's a virus that takes place in I Am Legend, and the virus is airborne, and the virus is killing everybody. It's either killing everybody or mutilating everybody, turning everybody into like an alien. Mm-hmm. Um, and Will Smith is trying to find a cure for the for the virus. Mm-hmm. Um, Bird Box. That's the name of the movie. Bird Box. Yeah. So I'm set with Sandra Bullock. Hmm. And she is popular. Bird Box. Okay. 2018. Yep. Okay. Okay, so put that on your agenda. Watch hmm. Bird Box and watch um, I Am Legend. Got you. And you will... Like completely freak out and um, swear that it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Indeed, I will definitely do that. Yeah, I um, after watching um, I am Legend. I was just uh, it, it good thing I'm not a conspiracy theorist because if I was a conspiracy theorist, I would have just ran with that. <laughs> or this is, I just went like haywire, um, you, you know, kind of like um, and and the, uh, actually a friend of mine, well not only a friend, he's um, uh, I don't know more than just a friend of mine. He's a he's kind of like a, a a family member by marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, he and I uh, were in our doctoral programs at the same time. Wow. Um, but at different schools, mm. and so we kind of like go back and forth, you know, having you know, um, pontificating, you know, <laughs> the black bourgeoisie say, you know, <laughs> about intellectual conversations from time to time. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were talking about the the virus, and we were talking about the um, you know getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. And um, he he asked me had I watched that movie, and I said no, nah, I, I don't think so. And he said, well, watch the movie and then give me your feedback. And so as I watched the movie, um, because his, he had made a comment um, in our conversation where he, he was referencing the Bible and the Bible talking about, uh, I think it was going to be like 144,000 people that was going to make it to paradise or something like that. And he was saying that, you know, it, like that was something that always stuck out to him. And he was wondering how that was going to happen and why it would happen. Like, you know, like, why would God create all these people and only 144,000 people make it? And I said, you know, that's interesting because I, when I hear you say that, it makes me think about Noah and Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, you know, Noah's Ark was always interesting to me. Like, like I, I, I like the first part of the story where Noah is talking to people He's trying to tell them of this vision that he got from God and that this, the, 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 that this um, uh, storm is going to come and this flood is going to come and everybody's laughing at him and you know, telling him he's an idiot, you know. And so, but he goes on, he's building this ark 
somehow or another, he's just intelligent enough, or God is just enlightening him enough to build a powerful ark. Even though this, this flood is going to cover the whole world, right? And they're in the desert. But there's going to be a rainstorm that's going to take place in the desert, and it's going to kill everybody that's not on the ark, right? As much as you want to believe that, right? Um, and so they're going to kill everybody, and Noah is going to go out, and he's going to get two of everything, like a male and a female of everything, mm-hmm. a male and a female ant, male and a female dog, male and a female dinosaur, well, not dinosaur, giraffe, uh, hippopotamus, all, all these animals. I don't know how he does that. I don't, you know, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But according to the Bible, this is what he does. I don't know if any of these people, any of these animals have sex on the the ark and have a baby. I don't know if any of them are pregnant. Why are they going? I don't know any of that, right? But according to the ark, this is what happens. Um, same with 144,000. So anyway, what he was trying to say to me was maybe this is a way of um, narrowing down God's people to the 144,000. And what was interesting in the movie um, is there's a scene where uh, uh, Will Smith is having with the girl that comes and saves saves him. And she says to him, um, she, he, there's a conversation where, they, where they're having a conversation and um, he asked her something like, um, what made you come here? How did you get here? X, Y, Z. And she says, like, God sent me. And he says, what? And she says, yeah, you, you just got to, you know, listen to God. You just got to be quiet and listen to God and he'll tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. And Will becomes like extremely agitated, frustrated and says, what? What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. God, like, Millions of people have died, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, this doesn't make sense, you know, so why is God telling you <clears throat> this while permitting all these deaths and all this other stuff? Hmm. She's saying, you just got to believe in God. So anyway, um, at the end of the movie, he becomes a sacrificial lamb. Well, I don't even, man, I'm telling you the whole movie. And I don't think people like that. No, but end of the movie, people won't watch for themselves. <laughs> Say that again. Spoiler alert is what they call. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So you, well, we proceed. We we gave the uh, caveat a warning, and it's a spoiler alert. Okay. So so anyway, at the end, he becomes a sacrificial lamb. You know, he he finds a cure. He saves the woman and the child that comes that that comes to um, save him, but he dies, you know, in the end. But the cure for the rest of the world is there, you know. So it's a really really interesting movie, particularly if you, uh, you know, you, we're experiencing what we're experiencing with the coronavirus. This virus is airborne um, in that movie, and it's killing people and taking people out, turning people into you know things that they normally naturally wouldn't become mm-hmm. very interesting movie uh bird box uh, kind of the same um you you uh, there's a virus that that's taking place um and it's taking place via your eyes meaning that when you go outside if you look at someone 
who has been infected and you become affected. So that means you got to go outside and you got to kind of be blinded. You, not kind of, you got to be blinded. Mm-hmm. So that means even if you're going to go to the grocery store, you know, whatever it is that you got to do to survive, you, you got to do that, but you got to do it blindly. You know, your eyes got to be covered. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know how to maneuver like that, then pretty much not going to make it. Uh, and so people are like literally driving blindfolded you know, you know everything they're doing because they don't want to get infected by this virus. Because all it takes is you looking at someone who's already infected, and then you become infected. Mm. So, two two interesting movies. Two. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's gotta be a distrust. Of the uh, governing body when it comes to pandemics. Well, I, I think historically, yeah, that's the case with black people, uh, wh- which is one of the reasons why we're so hesitant about getting the vaccine. Because historically, um, prior to um, what we now have, uh, you know, in colleges, is called the IRB board. Um, and the IRB. Uh, basically protects the participants of the study. Mm-hmm. But prior to that, you didn't have that. And so there were um, things that were able to take place, like the T- Tuskegee syphilis study, right? Where you basically lied to the participants and you told them that you were giving them treatment for one thing when in actuality you were actually doing something different. And in the T- Tuskegee syphilis study, what they were actually doing is they were studying syphilis in black men as opposed to white men. So even black men that didn't have syphilis, they were injecting them with syphilis and then studying how syphilis worked in black men as, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to white men and trying to see if there was something different. But mm-hmm. they, but instead they, would, they lied to them and told them they were giving them a treatment for something else while they were actually injecting them with syphilis. And this study went on for about 30, 40 years, right? And so as black people became aware you know, of things like this, they became very um, uh, apprehensive of the government, right? And so historically, things like that have happened even prior to this this, uh, Tuskegee syphilis study where black people historically have been used as kind of test tube dummies for the government, um, you know, in terms of them wanting to study them. So the IRB board was a result of the Tuskegee syphilis study. So like, even like in my dissertation, where I wanted to study depression in, in African-American men, I had to um, get approved by the RB board that would say, and what the RB board would do was, was they would challenge me to ensure that I had a plan in place just in case I caused some type of hurt or harm to my participants, wow. right? And so what I had to do was I had to make sure that I put a plan in place that would um, rectify or cure any hurt or potential harm that might come to them. That might come to them. That's interesting. Wow. I, I just uh, came back from um, uh, Times Square today. And it's teeming with life, brother. Uh, mm-hmm. No mask, 
as if everything is back to normal. Really, was it packed? It was packed for the first time in like ever. I have not seen it this packed. And, um, I was occasionally monitoring, even um, about a month and a half ago, there was a shootout with uh, Farrakhan Muhammad, the guy. Uh, someone named that name who was shooting out with his brother in an altercation slash argument, allegedly. Um, and it wasn't crowded then. It was, um, and I joked with uh, Brother James. I was hanging out with him today in Times Square. I was like, uh, I hope we don't need to dodge bullets today. And since it's our first time going back out to Times Square, but um, it was as if nothing ever happened. I mean, it was wall-to-wall people walking down the streets. Mm. The only thing that you could determine that things were um, on the rise rather than back to normal was that there were still establishments that are now missing due to lack of business and um, one of them being the Marriott Marquise where um, they had this huge buffet of all you can eat and we tried to get in said um, they may never open back up although the Marriott Marquise is still open that famous restaurant um will probably open in 2022 or not open at all. Yeah. It was definitely very empty when I was there. And I was just there less than six months ago. Right. And I was at Times Square like midnight and it was... Right. Man, I mean, it was... Shouldn't be. Like, I could count the number of people I saw like on Mm. my fingers. So, it it may... It's the contrast to being scary or paranoid about um, the pandemic is this eerie reality that uh, a lot of things will never be the same. So, Well, you know what? Here, here's, here's my philosophy. Mm-hmm. My philosophy as it relates to Americans is Americans are very short uh, memory. Hmm. They, they. I mean, something can happen that could be very, um, dr- you know, dramatic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Americans don't tend to have a long-term memory mm-hmm. um, ab- about things, and so, like, even if you think about like the 1960s, right? And and people like you and I, the 1960s might not seem that far. Mm-hmm. But people who are not familiar with the 1960s, even of my my and your age, mm-hmm. or even um, ten years younger, mm-hmm. don't know that history. Now they might have seen something about it, like the sit-ins and things like that, but they're not that familiar with it, so they don't they don't know that. And if you have kids, that seems like slavery to them, right? You know, and, and and so American history seems to be very easily forgotten. 
Mm. So um, I, 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 while, while um, this coronavirus thing is, you know, um, was a big thing, I think it's going to be very easily forgotten um, probably within the next um, two to three years. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I. I think it would seem like something that happened years ago, even though it was two to three years ago. Right. And especially the generations coming up after us, they won't even remember. Yeah. It remotely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because what was able to happen, at least for my kids, was there was so much that took place during the coronavirus, and where they weren't able to move, right? And everybody was kind of stationary. So it kind of forced people to see um, like um, civil injustices and things like that, like with uh, uh, George Floyd and, you know, and, and, the, and, and the protests, particularly if you lived in areas like New York and D.C. and, you know, you know um, where you were really seeing major protests, right. you know, it was able to bring them to that realization of, wow, oh, this is what my parents have been talking about. And then if you were able to, um, like I was able to take my kids down to Black Lives Matter Plaza mm-hmm. and be a part of all that protest and just be out there and be in that, mm-hmm. they were able to like experience that. So I think that that um, was an awesome experience and I was glad that they were able to to go through it. But I don't think that they would have embraced it the way that they did had not they lived that experience. Right. Yeah. of being in it to yep. win it <laughs> yeah yep. better term um, yep. there, there is an interesting uh, portion to this uh, whole co- coronavirus uh, COVID-19 um, pandemic um, they are now having these musical buses just park into the ghetto or the hood or black communities playing music and giving away free stuff <laughs> to convince niggas to get on the bus and take the shot. He's a stationary. <clears throat> they, they look like um, those movie, big movie buses. Yeah, well, you know, they're, they're actually doing it in barbershops here. <laughs> like, like if, if, if you go to a barbershop, there are certain barbershops now that are have the COVID shot uh, thing set up, and, and the barbers are convincing people to get the shot while they're at the barbershop. Wow. Because you know the barbershop is kind of like a place of therapy for a lot of people. Right. Because the barber is kind of like the person that you, you most people if they have a barber, they most particularly black people we don't bounce around. You know, we get somebody that you know know our head, know our hair. Yeah, you know, if you know, if you're a serious person about your look or whatever, right. you you probably got a, you know, barber that you go to. That's right. Yeah, and I know I, I have had the same barber since I left college. So I've had the same barber since 1996. <laughs> and what's interesting about it is my son um, has had the same barber. Because I used to, I I used to cut his hair up until he was about maybe ten, mm-hmm. and then he was like, "Nah, dad, you, <laughs> you geek it. You yeah, 
Yeah, he he had enough of what I was doing to it. So I started taking him to my barber. So he he's been going to my barber. So it's it's been our barber. He's seventeen now, which is crazy because in four months he'll be eighteen. Wow. I know, bro. Long time coming, bro. Crazy, crazy. And we are nearing the twenty-five minute mark in DFN universe. You are experiencing black power thinking, black psychology, and a little dark humor. Um, we're going to take a break right quick and give you in the audience one the opportunity to gather your thoughts and come back with us for more conspiracy theories and the like. We'll be right back. Dr. Moore. Peace. Peace. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. And we are back. It is 2.59, almost 3 a.m. in the FN universe. Coming to you from the East Coast of New York. It is 79 degrees. And we are embarking upon... Um, the summer and the potential heat waves are on their way, brother. And I would tell you that, like the movie um, Bird, um, it's Bird. time to put Bird. your block. Bird box. Bird box. It's time to put your um, blinders on, brother, because they're stripping down naked. Hey, bro, I don't know about you, but you can put your blinders on, but I'm looking. <laughs> and, uh, 90 degrees and uh, showing their uh, loveliness. As we say in Islam, I am Allah. <laughs> All praises due to Allah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm saying that facetiously. I'm saying that facetiously because they uh, Islam does teach us to lower our veil um, when it comes when it comes to things like that. So that's what we're supposed to do. Um, but uh, these hoes. So what? <laughs> the these hoes. I'm talking about. What's the lay? What's you ain't seen me. Oh man! And, uh, the good thing is, I never had any. Um, how would you call it? Game of um, pulling women. Get the, get the gap. No, not not just simply. You know, like some brothers uh, are just like, "Hey, come here, let, let me holler at you, right?" <laughs> I never had that um gift of doing it. I always Bro, you gotta man. be you gotta be kidding me. Never. Bro, I'm I've involved with have approached me. I've never had to um which is probably why I never developed that skill. But Bro. I wound up with women that, that <laughs> abused me <laughs> because of that. Yeah, they, no. yeah, 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 
yeah, they, they saw that weakness in you. Yeah, because because I was a, I was a killer, bro. I I, I come here, let me. I, I would I was destroyed. <laughs> That's all I knew was to destroy. Taking names, <laughs> you know, and, and and it's funny because I was I was already I was because the streets teach you that when you're young, right? For, you know, and so I was I was a a lady killer because I just I, I was taught that, like I you know. What was interesting is like I can remember when I was like afraid of girls and didn't even want right. to, to to do it. But right. I remember the older guys putting right. me in the room with a girl and saying, "You better not come out of here a virgin." Hmm. Right. <laughs> right. And 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 so I remember like you know being young. I don't know, maybe I don't know, ten, twelve, or something like that. But I remember, um, like, um, thinking a girl, mm. and, and I thought that was so nasty. I was like, "Oh my god, uh," you know. And I remember um, telling the girl to tell everybody when we came out of the room that we had did it, <laughs> but I really hadn't done it, right? But but so this started for me early on, <laughs> you know. Um, like being around girls and having to have sex with a girl, and these girls were older than me, right? Right. So I, I was young, you know, and and doing that, and right. but you know, I just developed into like a natural woman killer, bro. I was, <laughs> bro, I was just, just a savage, and but and then once once it becomes that way, what what happens then is because you get fed. All of this stuff, and you get taught all these bad behaviors. You never get taught good behaviors, right? right? And and so because you never get taught good behaviors, you don't know how to be good in a relationship when the relationship is good, right? You know. And so I was just, man, I'm telling you, bro, I, I was just so horrible, <laughs> so horrible. Because and then what what even what even made it worse was as much as I had been in the streets all my life, mm-hmm. whether it was D.C. or South Carolina always had a ton of women right mm-hmm. but then when i was leaving new york which was the one place i didn't have a lot of women i think i maybe <laughs> had like maybe two women you know if if that is a job um, <laughs> well, well it was because i got involved in the nation mm. and, and the nation was like Nigga, you can't even go to the movies right you know and i'm like shit i, I gotta sneak and 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 you know be with these you know these two sisters so you know, so it, it was, you know, was happening like that. Because um, even when I was doing that, I, I couldn't even talk about it. Hmm. So, but but what I remember leaving New York, and I remember you telling me I was going to go to college, going to South Carolina State. And you said, bro, brother, not bro, you said brother. Brother, I want you to be careful because you're going to leave here and you are gonna be sleeping with queens. And I was and I'm telling you, Mm. I went to South Carolina State (laughs) and bruh ripped up any notion of I was sleeping with every queen that could be, bruh. (laughs) The dry spell was over. 
Yeah, I, I made up for that whole what the whole year or so and year plus. <laughs> I was like, and I remember you like, now I'm, here's the people that you can get in contact with How when you. Then, <laughs> said again. Used to warn them, all of his brothers, you know, get caught up with them sisters. <laughs> You'll be out the mosque and everything, wondering what happened. I remember you, you told me you said brother here's some numbers and people for you to contact when you get to South Carolina when you get to South Carolina State these hoes are gonna get <laughs> I don't I don't think the don't funny think... part is, is we're, the, we're the ones doing the hunting but they are the ones that are getting the prey <laughs> we become the prey because them women out there are fucking you well, bro, let me tell you something. I don't know what they were doing, but I know what I was doing. But I, I, I and a chick ain't had a, a chance in hell with me. She ain't had a chance in hell because I was so, bro. I was, I was so terrible. I was, you know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not. Do, do you think your relationship with your mother, at least? may have enhanced or, or, or warped that uh, relationship that you could have had with uh, black women as a youngster? That's a good question, bro. Um, I think my first broken heart from a woman came from my mom. Right. Wow. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. I, I think the first time I ever had my... And I didn't even know that my heart had been broken. But the first real woman experience I ever had was from my mom was from my mom and it was a horrible relationship wow and I don't think that I even I wasn't conscious of it but I didn't know how to treat a woman as a result of that I surely didn't know how to love her because I had never loved a woman and I had never received love from a woman in fact the first girl that I seriously was in a serious relationship with I used to tell her that you better not tell me that you love me. Hmm. And if you tell me that you love me, I was going to physically do something to her. Wow. Because I because I did not believe in love. Wow. I I did not and and all and what was weird about it was uh, my biggest argument to her was that I didn't believe in love because everybody that I knew that considered themselves to be in love had a unhealthy relationship. So right. I didn't believe that healthy relationships existed. Right. And so I would tell her, if you don't tell me you love me, if we don't tell one another that we love one another, then we could be in a good relationship. Right. We could actually be in love. Just right. not discussing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 here's what happened. Right. Her argument to me was well, my parents have been married, and my parents are married, and they love one another. So, so I I can actually love you. Now, 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 here's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, while I argued her down and disagreed and all all of that, I ended up going to jail, like my junior year of college, and I was facing like thirty years of prison. Wow, and. 
by the grace of God, I beat the charge and I came home. Mm-hmm. But while I was in jail, I was looking back over my life and I was thinking about how precious I thought this girl had been. Mm-hmm. And and while I was sleeping on my bunk bed at night with a dude sleeping on the bunk bed on the bottom, mm. I, I just kept thinking about, wow, this is horrible. Like, I remember, like, you know, I had just been in beds with various women, like, all my <laughs> life. And now I'm sharing a cell with a dude. Oh, nigga. And I'm sharing a room with a with a nigga, you know. And I was like, you know, Bad when, 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 when I get out of here, I am going to oh, give me be, another chance. I'm going to be the best person for this woman. I'm going to marry her. I'm going to, you know, treat her the best, right? Mm. And so on the day that I was found not guilty. And I came. Alhamdulillah. I, I, I'm, yeah, alhamdulillah. Um, and I came out of the courtroom, and there were two women, and it was her and my attorney. Wow. And I remember hugging and loving on both of them. And I had made up in my mind that I was going to be with this girl forever, right? Wow. Then look, so she takes me, she's taking me from D.C. and she's driving me, she's going to drive me back to South Carolina State where I can go back to school and finish mm-hmm. my studies. But we decide we're going to make a stop in in South Carolina, in, in Chiro. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, she's going to get some stuff from my house. So she drops me off at my grandmother's house mm-hmm. and she's going to go to her house. Right? And so she, she drops me off and I'm at my house at my grandmother's house and I'm waiting. So an hour go, goes past and I'm waiting. Another hour goes past and I'm waiting. Another hour goes past and I'm waiting. And I'm now I'm starting to get frustrated. I'm like, what the freak is going on? <laughs> right? Like, you know, you know, let's 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 get moving. Right. And so maybe about the fourth hour takes place. And one of my relatives comes over and they say, you know, I'm not going to call her name, but you know, so-and-so mom passed away. Wow. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Right. So here I am thinking that here I'm about to be with this girl for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. She's about to drop me back off at, at school. I'm going to Finish, you know, college. I got one year left. I just mm-hmm. beat this trial. Her mom, while she's at home, with her mom to pick up whatever it is, while she's at home to pick up whatever it is she needs to pick up and then come come back and scoop me. Her mom drops mm-hmm. dead on the floor. Wow. While she's at while she's at the house. Wow. She goes to the hospital and they pronounce her mom dead. So Wow. Now I'm like, oh shit, you're kidding me. But now, now here's now here's the kicker. Her mom hates me. Mm-hmm. Right? Her mom has forbidden forbidding me to come to her house ever again. Right? 
because her mom had heard these things about me, you know, and her mom was like, you know what? I want my daughter dating you. So now her mom passes away mm-hmm. and she's not coming to pick me up to take me back to school. Mm-hmm. And now I got to try to reach out to her, but I'm afraid to call the house. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to go to the house, mm-hmm. but I'm, con- I'm convinced. I've convinced myself that this is the woman for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I am like, my heart is, is, is feeling some kind of way. I don't know what to do because I'm afraid to go to her house. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to call her. So now I'm like, I'm, I'm literally like mind fuck. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I, I keep trying to reach out, keep trying to call her and ultimately I end up going to her house, mm-hmm. right? Somehow or another, I end up going to her house. Mm-hmm. And I go to her house and knock on the door and she comes outside. And I can't even go inside, but there's people on the inside. Mm-hmm. And what I discover is that one of the people that's on the inside is a guy that her mom wanted her to date. Wow. And I'm like, you're kidding me. And and I, like, you know, I have an issue. Like, I want to get, I'm trying to talk about it. And she's telling me, I know you're not trying to get in an argument with me now. (laughs) And I'm, 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 I'm confused. I'm baffled. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what. I'm supposed to be doing what I'm what I'm supposed to be feeling, and so I am just, bro. I, when I, I look, when I tell you, I've never felt a feeling emotionally like that before. Oh, I never felt. Um, I don't even know if it was betrayal. It wasn't betrayal. I just felt heartbroken because mm-hmm. I didn't even know. I didn't even know that I was in love like that. Mm-hmm. Right, and until I was experiencing a love in which I had no control over, and mm-hmm. I had I I was a dude that was always I was a master of relationships <laughs> and women, and I wasn't used to a woman telling me no and and you know, you know, or rejection, you know, and so I I didn't I, I had already convinced myself that I was supposed to be in, that that this was the one. And so I was going crazy. I didn't know what to do. And so I um, I started reaching out more and more, trying to reach out more and more. And she was just not responding. And then she said, and, and then when she did respond, she told me, she said, you know, I think that I, I, I feel bad because the only time in my life that I had ever been rebellious against my parents was to be in a relationship with you. Wow. And she said, now I feel like I need to be in a relationship that my mom wanted me to be in. Get out of here. And so I was like, uh, she was like, I, I need to be here for my, for, for, for my dad and for my brother. And I was wow. 
bro, I was, I, I was gone. Like I, I, I never felt that level of, man. I, I you know, I, I, I don't, I can't tell you what I felt. Yeah, it, 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 it was, um, it was a level of desperation I had never felt emotionally. And wow. so I remember um, saying to her, please, begging her. I ain't never begged a woman for nothing in my life. I ain't never even begged my mama for nothing. I ain't begged no woman for nothing. And, and, and I was begging this girl to not do this. Mm-hmm. And, and she was telling me, no, I'm, I, I, I got to do this. Wow. And I remember feeling so um, heartbroken, mm. feeling so, and, and so I called one of my friends. I said, "Man, I don't. I, I'm gonna tell you, bro. Honestly, I think I could have did something to myself or her. Right. Had I had not, I had the outlet of right. going back of going back to college. Yeah. And so I called my buddy and I said to him, "I said, man, can you come?" And, and get me and take me to, to school. Wow. And he said, man, I can't do it right now, but I'll come pick you up first thing in the morning. Wow. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, in my honest opinion, I think that's what saved my life. Because he came that next, I, I, I never, I didn't, I didn't sleep. Like I, I, I stayed up. I remember jogging. I remember running. I, 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 I couldn't sleep. And so, when he got there the next day and picked me up and took me back um, to South Carolina State, I remember my prayer to God every night. I used to pray. I used to say, God, you know my heart. But if it is your plan that we not be together, then I just ask you to give me the strength and the motivation right. to move on. And that was my prayer every night. Every night I every night I had that prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, bro, I woke up one day. It may have been three to six months. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, that prayer was answered. I woke up one day and I did not have those feelings anymore. Wow. And how long did it take? It, it took about three to six months. <laughs> <laughs> I think mine took like twenty years. <laughs> no, but I was, but 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 I was. See, prayer is vain if if you don't go after what you pray for. If you if if, if you're praying and you're waiting for a miracle to happen, right. that's, that's something different. But I was praying, but I was interacting, so I was meeting meeting people, and so as I was meeting people, you know they those people were coming into my life, like other females were coming into my life and they were change, they, they were occupying my time and my space. And right. so it, it, before I knew it, I looked up and I was, I was dating other people. Wow. You know, that, that that's what um prolonged my heartache. The fact that I, I didn't date um, or didn't engage people anymore because I felt the same way you did that. Um, this event is so traumatic that I can do something to myself or to this other person. And I'm like, I have to shake this feeling. But I I did like you did. I prayed every day for Allah to remove the feeling from me. 
but it took over 20 damn years. But re- whether it takes two months or two years or two decades, the same feeling is um, associated with um, that disappointment or heartbreak. But, 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 but I will say this. You, you can't pray and continue to do the same thing. Right. You, you you can't pray and and wait for a miracle to happen without manifesting the miracle. Meaning that you know you you can't say, God, I want to lose weight. Right? Take take eating away from me, and you're not doing anything different from eating. Hmm. Right? You can't pray and say, take these feelings away from me, and then you're not doing anything. Right. To help remove the feeling, because prayer is void without action. Right. You know, so it says the Bible says prayer without work. You know, yeah. it's right. It's it, it, it's dead. So, it, you know, you got to manifest the prayer that you're praying. Well, you know what um, prolonged mine, what would help to prolong mine, or hurt or harmed to pro- prolong mine was the fact that I still had to be there as a father. As we were breaking up is when she was pregnant. And so that's why the 20 years it, um, while it on the um, um, prolonged it was actually because I had to interact with the same woman although we were no longer um, had the same feelings for each other, but yours was so traumatic. Yours is like a movie, man. All in one day, you had that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, elation, winning the case, and then going to plan your life together, and then something happens to her mother, and all of your plans together was just ruined. Out of nowhere. Yep. Wow. Now, 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 here's 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 the weird part about it, right? Mm-hmm. So the day of my college graduation, right? Um, my first college degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no way to graduation and no way to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, I had no family members, not one, that was at my graduation, and. So one of my um, friends, my next door neighbor was my who's my now my frat brother, mm-hmm. um, picked me up, took me to graduation. I walked across the stage. I didn't have not one family member in the audience. I have mm-hmm. nobody, just me. Graduated, um, got my degree, mm-hmm. went home, went back home. He took me back home. I got in the bed and I went to sleep. Yeah, you told me that yesterday, and I thought that was so traumatic. Yes. Yeah. Now, but but now here's the kicker, right? Mm. Somehow or another, this this girl found out that I graduated. Mm. Called me. <laughs> called me, right? And was like, I would love to come see you. <laughs> Came to come see me that 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 night. Wow. Came to see me that night and wanted to 
and and she was just like, you know, you know, I'm so sorry about everything that happened. <laughs> um, you know, I always loved you, always believed in you. You know, you know all this stuff, and it was it was the weirdest thing, bro, because I think I was forever changed. Right. Because for me, every all of my experiences in my life as related to women that I loved mm. have been horrible. Mm. And then from my mom to her wow. have been the worst experiences in my life. Wow. In terms of loving women. And, and you know, it was funny because tonight at dinner mm. um, with my wife and my daughter, my mm. son was at work. Mm. And we we were having conversations and we're talking about different things. Um, uh, one of the things we talked about was um, uh, family uh, psychology, right? Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I was telling them about family psychology is there's a thing called enmeshment. And in, and in um, uh, family psychology, enmeshment is when the children and the family become too enmeshed. When they become too enmeshed, it, it causes something psychological, psychologically called fusion, mm -hmm. right? And enmeshment means that, like, you know, the, 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 the child is so enmeshed in the family mm -hmm. that even if the child tries to go off and get married, mm -hmm. she continues to bring her family into her marriage issues mm -hmm. because she's enmeshed, right? right. And, and so, and so we, 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 oh man, I think I'm losing my thought. Um, um, wow, well, I forget what I was where I was going with that. Um, the daughter is so immense, enmeshed with the um family dynamic that she brings that into her love. Yeah, but 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 how did I start that? How did I start that off? Um, you were comparing it to, I guess, the um the relationship that um this girl that um abandoned you had with um her family oh I, okay i remember now right so we, i was talking about family investment and all that mm -hmm. right <clears throat> and so i i was i was talking about that with my daughter telling her my daughter and my wife what what that meant mm -hmm. and and then i was telling and so you know my daughter was 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 saying things about um that she experiences with me and with my wife and so mm -hmm. which brought up the conversation about my me and my father right and so what um where i was going with that is i was saying to her um because my daughter was like well yeah i think your mom still got some childhood issues you you all are going through right which is 100 percent correct um and i said yeah you know i i would be completely transparent i you know i wrestle with those things you know every day mm -hmm. i said but um you know particularly growing up in a family where I lived in a house where everybody knew who their father was except me mm. and and what that felt like for me because like my brother's father would come pick him up, my cousin's um father would come pick her up, my other cousin his um father had died in the Vietnam War, but his grandmother would come pick him up, you know, but I was the only child in the house that didn't know who their father was. But not only did I not know who my father was, I had a very strange relationship with my mom, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so um, I was telling her that what was even more weird about it was not knowing who my father was. And so she said, well, dad, well, why didn't you ask your mom? And I said, well, I would ask her. She would tell me that you ain't got no daddy. And so <laughs> my, my, my aunts and uncles and other people would tell me, your dad is blah, 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 blah. And so I was telling my daughter tonight, I think for the first time ever, I said, um, I remember at like the age of 12 or 13, um, going to this guy, this man's house and, and knocking on his door at, on Father's Day and having a Father's Day card. And his wife or girlfriend, whoever she was, came through the door. And she went and got him. He came through the door. And I said, hey, you know, I was told that you were my father and that um, I don't want anything from you. I just want to, you know, know, you know, if you, you know, you're my father. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he looked at the card and gave me the card back. And he said, I'm not your father. And he closed and he closed the door in my face. And I told my daughter, I said, that was the first and last time that I ever had an experience of anybody that I thought was my father. Wow. That is hurtful. That's that's a childhood trauma that goes into adulthood. And um, alhamdulillah, all praises due to Allah that we made it through these traumatic situations. These are life-altering things that could shape and develop who you become. And we have to fight them every day, like we were saying yesterday. I don't know if you remember um, Paula McQueen and Julius McQueen mm -hmm. from South Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, Paula passed away this week. Oh, wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Wow. She she lived in Florida with um, two daughters. Um, one is still 14 and underage. I think the other is um, just into her adult life. And uh, they're bringing her back to Chiroa, South Carolina for mm. burial and funeral. So we're rest in power to Paula McQueen. Wow. How, how did you hear about that? Um, we have a mutual um, friend up here. Uh, well, he's their cousin. And I never thought I'd ever meet another person from Chiroa in New York and live on the same block with them. Uh, Thomas Rogers is how I know them. He's their cousin. We're all probably cousins in some way. Uh, especially in that small little town. Yeah, interesting because you didn't even, you don't even know my uncle that lives uh, right around the well. He lives right around the corner from where you used to live. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small world, brother. Yeah, and and my aunt that lived around the corner from you. Right. Um, you know, um, during that time that I was in New York, and you would have never known that. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Strange relationships, brother. Yeah. And they can determine who we become. Absolutely. They, they so, they so, so do. Yeah. I'm glad we had that discussion. 
laugh at 35 minute mark. We are way over time. It is 3.34 a.m. We will come back for a, a shortened last segment after these messages in DFN Universe. Peace. Peace. Peace to the God. Peace to the universe. I don't have to tell you the number of people in jail because they were not able to get past that obstacle in their development in terms of loving relations and family relations that are life-altering. Yeah, bro. I, I, I was just thinking, I don't even know how you got me to open up like that and talk about that. Um, <laughs> I was just, when I got off, when we took a break, I was like, <laughs> is that again? What my bloody fault? <laughs> yeah, bro. I was like, wow, I can't, I, you know, I, I, I didn't even, I, I didn't foresee, foresee that conversation. But, you know, like many conversations we have on this podcast, um, they they start off one way and they go into something else and um i had not anticipated um exposing um that much of myself um but for whoever it may help um right to god to god be the glory indeed indeed <clears throat> um I, I wanted to know um was there any other thing that you could impart to the people that may be experiencing this now, that would be helpful. That may be experiencing which, 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 which thing? Something life altering at a young age that puts you at the crossroads of um, making a decision that that is going to change your life for the better or <clears throat> your life for the worse. Yeah, bro. I, I I think um my my jewel to to people. I'm sorry. Bless um, you. Thank you. Um, my my jewel or my gift to to people, um, in reference to that, is 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 patience. Mm. Um, regardless wow. of what you, regardless of what you're gonna go through. And this is what I said to my um, uh, best friend, cousin, um, daughter's graduation um, the, the other day. I, I, I said to her, my jewel to her, my gift to her is, is patience. Mm. And, and I say patience because hard times are going to come. Trouble mm. times are going to come. But they, but they don't last always. Mm. And if you could be patient, you will get through them and you will be fine. Um, um, I'll share a quick experience with you. Um, one of the things that um, I, I did not know this in, in, in my life growing up. Um, and I, as a result, it caused me a lot of uh, turmoil. It got me in a lot of trouble. Yes, um, but <clears throat> When I when I got to college my first year, I did really, really bad. Mm. And I almost flunked out of school. Wow. Um, but I had a math professor who is now my paternity brother. <laughs> um, who uh 
I had failed this class. It was a math class. Mm-hmm. And I and I went to him and I said to him, um, I don't know if I should say his name or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will I will say his name because he is a legend. <laughs> um, and I don't know um and for as long as he is living, he he is one of my idols. I love him and will always love him and respect him. Mm-hmm. But he he changed the direction of my life. Wow. Um because what he said to me was something that I stuck with, just something that stuck with me and stayed with me all, all of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had done really, really bad. And I was going to be, it was my freshman year. And I had, for all intents and purposes, flunked out. Mm-hmm. And I went to him and I said, um, my GPA is really, really low. Um, I failed your class. And I don't know what to do. And he said to me, he said, okay, this is what I this is what I'm willing to do for you. He said, I will change your grade from an F to a um non-complete. Mm-hmm. And he said, and you will have this non-complete until you complete my course. Wow. So that means you're gonna have to come back and take my my course, mm-hmm. my, my my class again. He said, mm-hmm. but this will allow your GPA um, high enough for you to at least stay in school. And he said to me, because I was I was already a, an adult grown man, right? I was twenty I was twenty two years old. And he said, my fear is if you get suspended and and you have to go back to wherever you come from, that you won't come back. So he said, I am going to give. I'm going to give you a year to take my class again. And this and this NC, this this non-complete will stay on your record until you take my my my, my class again for a year. Wow. And that changed everything for me. Because I was able to go, I was able to go back to class. I was able to go back to school on academic probation. I was able to take his class that summer. And pass his class. Because I remember I was a dude that came, that went to college at 22 years old, that had came out of high school four years earlier. I hadn't had nothing in terms of learning except for my own personal learning. Wow. So college was very challenging for me. And I wasn't used to that rigor of, right. of what it was offered me in the way that it was offered me. And so I was taking a pre-calculus class. And I had never even taken an advanced math class in my life, but I was already in pre-calculus. <laughs> I had never taken algebra, I had never mm. taken nothing, right? And in mm. fact, what, what the school system had told me was was like in, I think, 10th grade, mm-hmm. 10th, 11th grade, that you had taken all your math courses. You don't need to take another math course, That's what you know, to, to graduate. Like math so, Right. So I think, I don't think from 10th grade to 12th grade, I think 10th grade was probably the last time I took math. Yeah. Right. So I, I, I I didn't, I I was taking shit like woodshop, (laughs) you know, I was taking easy courses, you know, just to get out of school because nothing about it was preparing me for college. And so, and they, and, and they weren't setting me up for college. So when I got to college, I was like, oh crap. 
<laughs> I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. Right. But but brother, what like, I do know fail, but um it's a good thing that you had a mentor and a brother in the brother you just mentioned. And that yeah. you reached out to him even before he became a brother to you. I think things that held me back was my pride. When I failed, I didn't reach out to anybody and say, yo, I work with me. I just was like, fuck it. It's not meant for me to be in college. No, bro, let me tell you something. No one man is an army. Hmm. No, no one man does anything alone. And that's the lesson I had. And that's the lesson we want to put out into the universe tonight. Uh, uh, when we talk about Allah, Allah, if, 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 even if we say Allah is arm, leg, leg, arm, head, mm-hmm. Allah is the manifestation of, man, of men. Right. You know, it, Allah is the manifestation of God in in man, right. but God, but the manifestation of God in in man is God in under and you understanding God in other men, right? Because and and right because there's no God by Himself. There right. there is God that manifests gods, right? And that's what creates community, right? Because the Bible says. God saw man as alone, so he created a partner. But in him creating a partner, him creating that partner created family. Right. And in creating family that created that cooperative work. And that Uma, that community. Right. So you 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 you're not alone and you're not supposed to be alone. Hmm. Say and, 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 <laughs> and 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 so and so what I say to people is when you're trying to go someplace in life, right, what you want to do is you want to look for the people that are trying to go where you're trying to go. Hmm. Right? When, 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 when I was in my doctoral program and, and my friends would be inviting me out to certain things, hmm. you know, these, these are my homies. These are people that I love. I, I get it, right? But I will look at my situation and say, they're not trying to do what I'm what I'm trying to do. Don't mean that we're not friends, but they're not trying to be doctors. So right. if I want to be a doctor, I need to think like a doctor. What would a doctor be doing in this situation? Hmm. Right. So because they weren't trying to be doctors, they weren't doing what doctors would be doing. So I removed my mentality from where I where where I was with them, and I put it someplace where people that were trying to obtain what I was trying to obtain and that's that's where I went you so I'm reality where you wanted it to be and so I put myself where the gods of doctors were right I put my mind my mind state in the mind of a god that was trying to be a doctor and so I started to move as if I was a doctor that may be the most important information that we've ever shared on this show in 200 episodes, brother. I'm glad (laughs) if I did anything to pull that out of you Um, because 
it's the missing link to how we get from one place that's all fucked up in the ghetto to a more uplifting place in society despite our um, racial um, inequality. Well, so again, for me, what I'm what I'm saying to anybody is whatever you whatever you want to be, whatever it is you're trying to aspire to, you you have to look at what you're doing because that is 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 going to determine how serious you are about what it is you say you're trying to do, mm-hmm. right? So don't tell me you're trying to be a doctor but you're still hanging out at the club because that's not what doctors are doing. Don't tell me you're trying to be a millionaire, but you're hanging out with five dollar people. Hmm. And, and 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 what I'm saying is, I, I'm not saying knocking anybody. What I'm right. saying is, wh- whatever it is you're trying to do, if you're trying to be a blogger, if you're trying to be a podcaster, you you can't be a podcaster hanging around people that are trying to sell cars, hmm. right? And it's not to knock the car salesman, and it's not to knock your friends that are really trying to party. Right, because I, because my my dudes party, right? My dudes get down. My yeah. my dudes chase women. <laughs> you know that's what they do, and it's it's not a knock on them. Right. But 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 if here's the manifestation of your reality. The manifestation of your reality is where you spend your time. Hmm. Right. So don't if, if 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 you're trying to tell me you want to be a good father. Hmm. You want to be a good husband, but you at the club, right? But you chasing bitches, but right. but you're doing you're doing X Y and Z. I, I understand what you're saying, but what you're manifesting is something different. And hmm. and and so what I'm saying is, if if you're trying to be a doctor, your manifestation of being a doctor is what you're doing, right? Hmm. Because because he, 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 okay, he, here's what I'll share. Right, I remember. Um, in my doctoral program, there were um, students that used to um, study on Sundays, mm-hmm. and I, and I and I used to say to them, "Oh man, Sunday is football Sunday, you know. I um, yeah, you know, I don't want to be in the lab on Sunday because you know I gotta watch this football." And let me tell you what, let me tell you what a doctoral student said that graduated before me. We understand. We understand. Every, all of them graduated before me. When I tell you all of them, every last one of them graduated before me. Wow. Every last one of them graduated before me. And, and guess what they said to me? We understand. <laughs> you, you Go ahead and watch your football. <laughs> right? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, we, I understand you like football. But every Sunday they got together. And guess what? They graduated. And they graduated before me. Wow. Right? And, and and so let me tell you what I learned from that. I learned that they looked at me and said, he ain't as serious as we are. Mm-hmm. Right? And I got that. When I got that was when they graduated. When they graduated and I saw them celebrating, I said, damn, you know what I was partying with? I was partying with football mm. on Sunday. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I was trading my time for studying with them for football. Mm. And guess what I got? 
I got football. Guess what they got? They got graduation. Right. And so, so, so I, I, but I'm gonna tell you what I learned. But I learned. I said, you, I will not do that again. <laughs> I would not do that again. And, and 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 what I realized about like partying and all that other stuff is that stuff would never go away. It will always be there. Mm. Football. When, if you miss football for a whole year, I promise you, when you whenever you get done with whatever your goal is, it'll still be there. Right. When you come back, it'll be be right there waiting for you. Right. If, if if you're waiting for a party, the streets and all that stuff, if you commit to what you what you commit to, when you if you want to come back to that, it'll be right there. That's what right. I what, what I learned about bullshit in life is bullshit in life never leaves. That's right. It never leaves. And it will be there oh, when you come back. That's right. But it can destroy your life. It will destroy your life. You put it on hold in the wrong way. Brother, we are at the 17-minute mark in the effing universe. We had two segments that went over time. I wanted to end this segment a little short. Um, we still went way over. I wanted to end it at the 15-minute mark. But I think breakthrough in terms of um, telling people how it is they're going to change their life. And it is possible to change no matter where you're at in life. And I'll leave you with the last word for tonight. No, bro, I, I agree. I think that um, at, the end of the, at the end of the day, <clears throat> whatever it is you're praying for, whatever it is that you're working towards, at the end of the day, um, who you say you are and who you really are is a manifestation of what you're doing. Mm. <clears throat> if 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 you say I'm a good husband, I'm a good father, but if your wife and your children don't say that, mm. then then you're lying to yourself. And mm. and I think that sometimes we're more happy with the person that we say we are than the person that we really are. And we never want to own up to the person that we really are. So we're more happy with the person that we say we are. So we never show ownership of who we really are. And I think that's the problem that we have. Because acknowledging who we really are doesn't match up with who we say we are. Hmm. And that's the biggest problem that I think that, that, that we face. And owning up to who you really are, if that hurts you, then that should tell you where your divide is. That should tell you why you aren't where you need to be in life. Wow. And let's hope somebody gets it out there in the universe and is able to use it to their advantage. Indeed. You are a manifest. You are. It has, it has been no mistake. <laughs> and if you want to be something different, you have to make the change with from within. 
And as you said, there's no um, no man is an island. You have to reach out to the community that you want to be in and ask for help. But I'll say this in closing. Yes, sir. You know, I am not the smartest guy. I mm. never have been, nor do I think that I, I will ever try to be. Mm. But I'm humble enough to know that I don't know everything. Right. But what what but but what I know for sure, as what Oprah says, what I know for sure is that because I know that I don't know everything, I will humble myself and put myself in the room with people that do. Hmm. Right? So what I what 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 I have historically done is is I try to surround myself with people that might be smarter than me, or if not smarter than me, but are trying to go where I'm trying to go. You, you, you can't get to where you're gonna go in life with people who aren't trying to go where you're trying to go. Hmm. That, that is going to stagnate you every time. You're never going to reach your potential. You're never going to get where you need to be being around people that aren't trying to go where you're trying to go. Hmm. If you're trying to go someplace, if you're trying to do something, you be careful of where you are aligning your alliances to. Because you may be aligning your, your alliances to self-destructive people or situations. Wow. So be careful in trying to understand where you're trying to go in life and align yourself with people that are trying to go that way with you. That's why the Bible says, and if you want to take things from the Bible, from the Quran, but the Bible says, Jesus said, when two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. There you go. There you go. That is profound. And I'll leave it at a note, bro. <laughs> well, we had a sermon tonight, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think we're all better off for it. It is 4.02 a.m. This has been another weekend of a meeting of powerful minds, including yours in the audience. Let's do this more often. Um, join us each Friday and Saturday nights when you could be out partying for a discussion of black power thinking, black psychology, and a little dark. Uplifting thoughts. Indeed. Peace to the universe. Peace to the God. And we're out.